This is my voice, my weapon of choice. Hello everybody, you are listening to IVS Radio, a podcast series on the migrant women experience. Brought to you by IVS, the international women's space. IVS has been a space for refugee women to come together and self-organize. We discuss, share, and exchange our stories, experiences, challenges, and struggles. We empower each other and empower ourselves to learn about and fight for our rights. Make sure to visit our website, iwspace.de, and subscribe to our podcast. Welcome to the seventh episode of IVS Radio. Last time, we discussed structural racism with Dr. Natasha A. Kelly. This time, we will be discussing institutional racism. We decided to focus on structural racism and how it manifests inside of the institutions, especially within the German system. So we are very excited today to have Celine Barry on the show. Celine Barry is a Berlin-based social scientist whose research centers on the topics of racism, feminism, and intersectionality in post-colonial context. She is active in various anti-racist initiatives such as the COP and the Berlin Muslim Feminist. Celine worked for the Each One Anti-Discrimination at Ioto Ifau, which offers counseling for black, African, and Afro-diasporic people and carries out monitoring on anti-black racism. Each One is part of the campaigns Ban Racial Profiling and Death in Custody. Welcome, Celine. We are very delighted to have you here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, we will go straight to the discussion, and maybe you can um, describe for the audience what institutional racism is and how it manifests in Germany. Mm -hmm. um, so I think to understand an institutional racism, it's very important to know what is uh, structural racism. Uh, because in Germany for many, many decades we had the idea, the uh, idea was prevailing that racism is something that the neo-Nazis do or that some like uh, like Einzeltäter, we have this now in the police, the Einzeltäter idea, that it's individual cases. Um, and now what we did in this whole anti-discrimination scene um, and, and people of color, they really managed to make it understand that racism is something that happens in, on an everyday basis and that it's structural. So that... Um, it's groups that have like maybe not really access to work or good income work, um, to to education, and and they have different life chances. And also the idea of segregation, for example, the fact of segregation is also very important to understand. Um, that that racism is not like something that happens once, like I don't know, a month, and then it's like a pity, and then we continue. But it's really it creates different groups with different chances, and uh, so it creates so inequality and um, and to um, and this structural racism is imbued and reproduced by the institutions of the state um, for example uh, the migration laws they are very important uh, uh, play a very important role in reproducing inequality because they decide 
who's like uh, who has which status who has the ability to uh, grant from all the benefits that the german state provides for example social security or i don't know promotion and and things and um and so And and these laws, for example, what is important also when we look at anti-black racism is that uh, they are also neo-colonial. So the people that are not able to just come here and work here, for example, like EU citizens and and um, and uh, uh, people from the West, yeah, for them it's really easy to get a paper. Um, but like for African people, it's almost impossible <laughs> to just come and and get a paper. And um, And also we uh, can we can look at it intersectionally. It means um, that we look at different discriminations uh, that uh, like uh, emerge. Um, for example, high-skilled people, people with very good education, they can receive maybe a, a work visa here easily. Yeah, when they have like the uh, um, very high grades and and they come but these people also have to come from good families this means that um yeah african people in general it's not so easy for them to come here but if they are super high skilled and have the diplomas then they can grant from a blue card and that's how uh, classism and racism would then uh, reproduce and when we're here then Then you have like yeah refugees that don't have the rights and other people. So we live on the same territory, but we don't have all the rights. That's that's very true. Can you describe the German school system and how children are filtered through it? Mm -hmm. So um, so um, institutional discrimination. Um, is produced by various uh, bodies of the state yeah by i mean by all bodies because the whole state is like built on on these logics but um so and i already said that work is a central um uh, dimension of the reproduction of inequality yeah who gains how much money who works where who gets whose which chances and um which work i will be able to have later depends on stu school education so Actually, so the whole structure depends on 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 education and the chances that people have. So, and uh, for example, in our counseling center, um, half of the cases, or, or this year it's a third of the cases, are in institutional domains, and almost half of it are in the school system. Um, so. And and this means that black people or people of color also in general have less chances to get the grades, diplomas, and stuff uh, that are uh, important to continue then a, a, a good career. Um, and uh, for Germany, uh, we have a history also a very strong uh, a classism history in the school system. Uh, there was like years ago there was this PISA study where Germany uh, really had a very, like compared to uh, other uh, European countries, uh, where the class background was very important, uh, uh, so was decisive um, on which like income or work they would have. Um, and then they tried to, to reduce it, and one, one problem was that um, the German system has like three had three different classes after primary school mm -hmm. there is a moment when when it's decided if you would go to hauptschule back then realschule or gymnasium 
And after this PISA uh, uh, scandal, uh, they, they said, okay, now we want to have a, a school, a secondary school where everyone goes. And uh, then, you know, they would just like, some would then stop after 10th grade, some would do Abitur and stuff. But that they would all have like, from the beginning, the, um, the outlook to have maybe Abitur in the end, which would then help them to get to university if they want to do that. And um, but the fact is that gymnasiums still exist. So they 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 said, okay, we don't have Realschule anymore. No, we don't have Hauptschule anymore. We have Gesamtschule. So so schools where you can have like the different degrees. But uh, gymnasiums still exist, and these are actually the new elite schools. And you do like twelve years instead of thirteen. And yeah, the people. I mean, many people choose to do that. And. Um, so there are these schools. And so in the primary school, everyone has like formally, formally at least, the same, same uh, status. Um, but then after the fourth grade or after the sixth grade, it's decided in which school will you go, in which school will you continue. And then it's like, okay, will I go to uh, Gesamtschule, where I will have this and that, or will I go to Gymnasium and things like that. And... Um, to have this um, and and to decide that, you have uh, based on the um, on the Zeugnis, on the certificates, like on the gradings and stuff, you have um, recommendation of the professors, and they would then talk to the parents. Yeah, I saw that your child is like this and like that, and performs well or not so well, and that's why uh, we will write down that this kid really could go to gymnasium or rather not. And um, and in these and and many discrimination uh, cases come when the parents realize, oh shit, this uh, 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 my child would not get a good a good recommendation, and uh, this is very important then to get accepted then in in other schools, and um, yeah, and there we see really how uh, uh, kids of color are graded differently get uh, less good uh, recommendations and and there is a very this is a very crucial moment of filtering this sounds very uh, difficult i mean it's a very complex it's a very complex system but i'm trying to think on migrant women for example refugee women who still still are trying to f- come to terms with the system to understand the system mm-hmm. and how how it would be difficult for them to make the differences between this Gesamtschule mm. and whether the child is being um, discriminated. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a very complex system mm-hmm. and I don't know how we would be able to enlighten uh, the women that we are working with how the institutional racism manifests itself in this particular point in the education of their children. Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, it's very important. I mean, for example, the work that you do, yeah, to talk to the women, but to tell them to be careful about the gradings. I mean, I had like, I worked in anti-discrimination network before and there was like uh, one that was very important case for me, uh, two uh, Turkish women, so so Gastarbeiter descendants, yeah, (laughs) came to me and uh, they said, hey, our kids, they were in in primarily uh, white uh, uh, class 
classrooms and uh, they were the only p kids of color and they had really worse gradings than the others and they had like microaggressions from the teachers and stuff and one of them was a teacher The other one was even Elternsprecherin, so they were really engaged parents. But they saw, hey, this this is like uh, uh, our kids are not graded right. And and the other one was also teacher, so she knew exactly how the grading works. And and so they 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 surveyed the gradings and what are the kids writing and stuff. So it was so much work for them. And in the end, um, so they, they fought for the grades, but also in the recommendation, uh, and this was then where we worked together with them, is like to really to, 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 to tell them um, to not accept this recommendation and to make trouble before the recommendation will be written down Yes. Uh, because this will be so decisive then later. And then, uh, yeah, they had the chance that there was written uh, then, yeah, I don't know what kind of empfehlung, but a, a better one. Yeah. Wow. Let's take a short break and we will continue with the discussion. We want to play a song by Junior uh, Marvin, Police and Thieves. Would you like to say something about this song because it's a very good song we it's a I mean but why did you choose this song <laughs> Yeah so this song is very important for me and also for the cop for the campagne for the Opfer rassistischer Polizeigewalt I mean when we do like protests or something like and we make a playlist everyone puts this song on first <laughs> because it's yeah and I thought that right now when we have these black lives matter uh, movements and all these fight against anti-black institutional racism uh, yeah this is very important to go to the streets and um, yeah and 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 fight for a new nation Scaring the nation with their 
and ammunition. The only difference is the uniform that po- the police wear. Otherwise, both of them are having the same weapons. <laughs> Powerful. <laughs> Welcome again. Earlier, we were just talking about the institutional racism in the German education system. We would like to know how the school system got to be what they are now. We know that this separation in the school system is connected to the history of the Ausländer Klassen. Mm. I don't know what word in English we can use for the Ausländer Klassen. <laughs> foreigner classes. Foreigner, uh, foreign class, foreign, foreigner classes. Okay, something like that. Uh, Where children of guest workers were placed and which we see now as Willkommensklassen for refugee children. How does the school system now compared to what it was? Yes, so I think that uh, generally the school system is and maybe will always be as we are in the same system um, uh, uh, an institution through which we will have reproduction of class and um, class-related racism. and it always comes in different forms. So there was always a development. Um, they they abolished the Ausländerklassen um, when there was like this uh, immigration of many uh, refugees a, a few years ago. Then they created these Willkommensklassen, um, and um, and these are like yeah also isolated class classrooms yeah and and not an integration. So because what is important to get like equal. Um, chances is that everyone is in the same classroom and so we always need mixing and what what they do in this whole system and this was also in in these uh, uh, realschule hauptschule and stuff is that they they segregate they separate and this is all this is um, our enemy the separation of kids and um, and the segregation um, um, comes first in a primary school it emerges because uh, you have the thing a thing called Einzugsgebiet. Einzugsgebiet means that you go to the primary school that is where you live. Mm-hmm. And this means that, yeah, I mean, as we have uh, segregation uh, in, in, in the city, yeah, there are like uh, areas where you have many Ausländer or people of color, let's say, many communities of color and others that are more white or some are more rich and less rich. You have this segregation in school and these will be the kids that hang out together, that live yeah. together. The families get to know each other. Yeah, And this is like very important social uh, mechanism of, of creating groups. Uh, so separation of groups. And, um, and then... Um, but but to make it clear, like things like Willkommensklassen and uh, Ausländerklassen, these are actually not not uh, uh, right. Yeah, this would be something also that with the new law, the Landesantidiskriminierungsgesetz, we could like um, fight against or criticize, claim. Mm. And um, I think that. Um, but so so they say okay this is forbidden we don't do that anymore but mm. it always comes in different forms and for example there is also there was a big scandal with the class of nicht deutsche Herkunft so so classrooms in which they would put like kids of non 
German background, um, which is lead, uh, also hangs together uh, with um, with gentrification because, like for example, we have Kreuzberg. Yeah, here, like traditionally, it's like the Turkish guest workers. They came here, they built up the space. Um, it was really like also um, a marginalized uh, space, um, but they built it up. It's a really cool place now. Yes, <laughs> and uh, so now uh, it's at the center of the capital city of Berlin, and many people want to come here, and you have. Like yeah, many new uh, German, white German uh, families, they come and they have uh, educational interest. And for their kids, they don't want their kids in these Ausländerschulen, in these like, yeah. Uh, POC schools and um, which they deem are not uh, uh, their standard. And um, then they created a, a, a model in which they would have be secure that they would have like uh, um, I don't. I say good, but like, how do you say that? Uh, it quotes, <laughs> it quotes. Yeah, it quotes. <laughs> good uh, yeah. Uh, schools, and and to separate, to have like to make sure that you have the success uh, in quotes, uh, educational success uh, for their children in predominantly white classrooms. So this was also abolished. It's not. It's not uh, allowed. Yeah, to do that. But um, but I heard um, that the status nicht deutsche Herkunft, so foreign, foreign background, status still exists and would like um, um, make that the kids would be taken out of the classroom and then they would not follow the whole curriculum of like the others. So, you know, the separation always pops up in, in different modes and there we have to be always very very careful and now that we have the law uh, specifically um, uh, uh, on these like like uh, regulations procedures that we can look and, and, and fight against that. Sounds interesting because peop everybody wants to be in Kreuzberg mm -hmm. because it's cool it's multicultural yeah. but for the white people It's a statement they say, hey, but the future of my children mm -hmm. does not belong here. Exactly. And there you see the difference. And this yeah. is where the difference yeah. comes yeah. in. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Exactly. I mean, um, I, I, my kids went to school here and um, I, uh, here at Lausitzer Platz. And this is like a, a school that is like has a, a good image mm -hmm. because they say it's like it's, there, there's a good mixing. But what means a good mixing yes. in Kreuzberg is that there's a lot of German, white Germans, uh -huh. yeah? So that the percentage of white Germans. And, and uh, many people get like the chance to go to that school, not because they are in Einzugsgebiet, mm -hmm. but because, um, yeah, maybe they, they have a good word there. Mm. Interesting. And um, it's very difficult for someone to comprehend this politics, yeah. even mm. when you are... Uh, entering Kreuzberg and the school system mm. and that's why I find it important in, in what we do. Mm. Thank you so much for the historical context. Can we bring it back to what is happening with Corona and the closure of schools? Mm. We know that suddenly many people have had to become full-time caretakers and basically teachers for their kids. The media has been reporting a lot on the situation of white mothers especially struggling because of this aspect of Corona. But we know that this was surely a difficult situation for women who are living in the accommodation centers and in the lagers. In our first program, Life in the Lager During Corona Pandemic, 
we were able to highlight the the situations of women and children of mothers and the most important thing to highlight is that by structure the hinds and the lagers are usually placed somewhere in a very isolated area mm. and then came the lockdown which meant it was double isolation for these women and even to the social the aspect the demand by the ministry of health to make that social distancing mm. was a privilege because then in these shelters and structures it was not possible to do the social distancing mm. because when women are five of them in one room and everything they that belongs to them their all their belongings and everything are in that one room of five people how was it going to po- to be possible to social distance and yet now the media projects the white woman and the challenges of um dealing with this situation of covid-19 and their own children and the privileges they had in being able to social distance vis-a-vis the living conditions of women who by the, the requirement by the ministry of health there was the demand mm. to do the social distancing but this was also not workable hmm yeah i mean you see there how the white woman is the norm Yeah. and uh, that other uh, women's lives are invisible and that's why it's super important to always look at it intersectionally i mean it's not that all black women or all black parents had the same problems mm. and then we have to even look at this intersection of refugee women yes. refugee black women yeah from per- the perspective of a counselor at ioto yeah mm-hmm. and uh, i think that exactly how you say uh, that uh, the housing got really crucial um, uh, and and was like um, a cause for super inequality uh, the ones that had like good housings and 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 space and and secure housing they were would have like more chances and um, and also that the uh, public space was not available anymore. This is also something that I heard a lot that um, many people that um, so so if you live like in in some conditions and you 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 still can go out, you can meet people in 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 the cafes, Nachbarschaftshäuser, so community centers and and so forth and this was not available. So probably it was really very hard uh, situation and um, so um Yeah, I think that uh, we really have to look at it. I mean, what what I can say from the perspective of the counseling center that we have is that, and this is also uh, something that we really have to work on, is to have more contact to uh, refugee women and um, and to, to get to know more of these uh, uh, situations in which they are dealing, uh, which they are dealing with, and then uh, yeah, design some programs and support, because what is important, and COVID showed it, it, networks are important to get in touch with each other and not to be isolated. And like you said, like with, uh, to be, uh, um, to have like a, a life in a lager and stuff, this comes with isolation, and this isolation got even bigger. And um, Yeah, fight to fight against racism for me is always also to create community and to assemble people, and um, yeah, that's why yeah we have to work a lot together. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Yeah, it it it's it brings to my mind the um, it's also the Laga system is an institution. Yeah, exactly. That mm-hmm. plays a big role in this uh context mm-hmm. that we are talking about. Mm-hmm. And imagine if uh, a child is growing up in this institution of already being discriminated mm-hmm. and then not even understanding the education system. Mm-hmm. How do we overcome this challenge of enlightening and including the women that we work with that the women that we are fo- talking on the uh, uh, the focus uh, group mm-hmm. how do we ensure how do we overcome this challenge because it's quite a challenge i mean uh, we thought about it a lot at the counseling center i mean we started since two years but this is really some of very um like uh pressuring uh, uh, things we have to do um, and it was before COVID also already a thing that we had to do is to go to the Lager because we cannot wait until the people come because the traditionally anti-discrimination counseling is like yeah the people have to decide themselves to come to us so they have to make the first call. This is important what because we don't want people to help others and we don't want to help people that don't want help yes, yeah i yes. mean so it uh, comes from the idea of empowerment yeah. yeah but in some cases here it doesn't work because we can sit in our office and wait for like ages and there will be no refugee people coming with with these specific uh, problems so we really have to 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 go there and i think that uh, reach out for example they they do that a lot um yeah and and, and they speak about it because exactly we have to overcome this um, isolation. And um, regarding the law, the Landes-Anti-Diskriminierungsgesetz, as you said, um, the Lager is an institution. And what I always say is that in the Landes-Anti-Diskriminierungsgesetz, the debate about it, we always speak about the things that we see. The, for, for the citizens that run around like outside mm-hmm. uh, like or, or freely in the territory they then we think about the the armed uh, job center the school police everything that we can see yeah but then there's also these spaces that are closed yeah the closed spaces like the lager the prisons the psychiatries yes and these are state institutions and uh, where we have to look and um, so i think it would be very important to have like counseling centers um or like um complaint systems anti-discrimination complaint systems within the institutions that are there because we cannot wait for someone from the lager that uh, uh, comes and says yeah here i have here discrimination we don't know what happens behind the bars and 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 the doors of lagers and prisons and um but we know that there is a lot of discrimination that's yeah. where the discrimination uh, camps yeah. Th- this is the this is how do you say cream de la cream of <laughs> yeah <laughs> Exactly. And 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 we don't know about it. We yeah. don't know nothing about it. Yeah. We know sometimes when when people like uh tell tell their stories, mm. but then it's mostly yeah they tell maybe their biographies and mm. say yeah this and this happened to me, but what would be important is to be there when it happens. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's time for another song and uh, the song is uh, Papaute by mm-hmm. Strome. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear <laughs> what your feeling is about this song. I know the song, I like it a lot. I've danced to it, but I didn't 
understand the political context that <laughs> comes behind it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I wrote this song. I mean, Papa Ute, the title, um, yeah. means like, Dad, where are you? Uh-huh. And um, I thought that because when we speak about institutional racism, something that comes a lot, uh, came a lot in the last years, is like uh, African dads mm-hmm. that are in trouble with the baby mothers, the yes. German baby mothers, and then they are at Jugendamt, and yeah. the Jugendamt is like not believing the dad, thinking the dad is, does, will not make a good job, yeah. and, uh, and they believe the mother so much yes and then this is a problem because then later after to to decide about the gutachten or the references that these people write there they would really write in favor of the mother Uh and um and this is really a, a very big problem and for example for for the discrimination in offices the discrimination in jugendamt so youth office is half of the cases so um it's like really a very very big problem and when then the the, the african fathers mostly fathers mm-hmm. um come um and 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 are angry maybe yeah and they say yeah why why do you don't inform me why do you talk to me like that why why um why why um do you only believe her and not me yes um then they are deemed aggressive mm-hmm. and what do you want here and then they write this down in references and this is really really bad so i think that um, yeah, discrimination in Jugendamt uh, is um, very strong, and and my wish uh, with this um, with this song is to, and what I always think is like that the mothers, they 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 are like okay they have trouble with their with the guy okay mm. they can have trouble I don't I don't mind yeah? yeah but they have to think of the kid yes because if the kid a black child in Germany doesn't have like contact to his black parent mm. uh, to this african parent it's it's really like it will have long lasting uh um, um bad conditions and and maybe one day the child will come and ask hey dad where are you yes yeah wow that's why <laughs> you chose this one <laughs> Dites-moi d'où il vient, enfin je saurai où je vais Maman dit que lorsqu'on cherche bien, on finit toujours par trouver Elle dit qu'il n'est jamais très loin, qu'il part très souvent travailler Maman dit travailler c'est bien, bien mieux qu'être mal accompagné Pas vrai Où est ton papa Dis-moi où est ton papa Sans même devoir lui parler, il sait ce qui ne va pas Un sacré papa, dis-moi où es-tu caché, ça doit Faire au moins mille fois que j'ai compté mes doigts hey. Où t'es papa, où t'es Où t'es papa, où t'es Où t'es papa, où t'es Où t'es, où t'es, où papa, où t'es Où t'es papa, où t'es Où t'es papa, où t'es Où t'es papa, où t'es Où t'es, où t'es, où papa, où t'es Qu'on y croit ou pas, il y aura bien un jour où on n'y croira plus Un jour ou l'autre on sera tous papa et d'un jour à l'autre on aura disparu Serons-nous détestables 
Serons-nous admirables Des géniteurs ou des génies Dites-nous qui donne naissance aux irresponsables Hein Dites-nous qui Tiens, tout le monde sait comment on fait des bébés Mais personne sait comment on fait des papas Monsieur, je sais tout, on aurait hérité C'est ça, faut le sucer de son pouce ou quoi Dites-nous où c'est caché Et ça doit faire au moins mille fois Qu'on a bouffé nos doigts Et où papa où Papa, sans même devoir lui parler, il sait ce qui ne va pas. Ah sacré papa, dis-moi où es-tu caché, ça doit faire au moins mille fois que j'ai compté mes doigts. Hey. Où est ton papa Dis-moi où est ton papa Sans même devoir lui parler, il sait ce qui ne va pas. Ah sacré papa, dis-moi où es-tu caché, ça doit faire au moins mille fois que j'ai compté mes doigts. Wow, what a song. And families are also institutions. And when these things begin to happen and the racism starts to manifest within these institutions in the family and it's supported by organs like Jugendamt, mm-hmm. this is serious. This is cross. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yes. You have been involved with each one teach one which provides counseling to people who are experiencing r- discrimination. You said that a big part of the counseling is concerning schools and students. Can you explain what the students and parents are coming to talk to you about? Mhm. Yeah, so we have many, many cases coming from the educational system and um, almost most of the cases are discrimination from the teachers. And so it's not like we always think like, oh, it's the children that are racist and that's so sad. The parents have to educate their children better. But it's coming from the... Um, so the really the violence is coming from the adults. Mm-hmm. And um, so... Um, Yeah, as I said uh, earlier, this uh, issue of uh, Einstufung, uh, not Einstufung, but um, 
the school grade and, and when you get to this recommendation, when you get to the next school. This is a very important uh, thing where people come. And then um, also what we see a lot is that black children are criminalized. Um, for example, when um, uh, I had one case where uh, uh, three black uh, girls, they were like friends and always hanging to, uh, out together and they were really targeted and, and everything. So, I mean, every child is doing something like, maybe they are not like, you know, they test out their boundaries and things like that. Yeah, But when black children are doing that, this is like really... Uh, seen as as something that that belongs to maybe their character or yeah who they are because they are black and um, and uh, then so they are getting criminalized they get lesser good grades because um, yeah people uh, the, the the teachers don't see their uh, potential uh, sometimes. Um, also a mother came and and it was like because her child uh, a boy in a new school so in the secondary school uh, came uh, to the teacher after writing a test and then uh, the um, teacher asked him yeah what do you want to be later yeah i want to study this and that said yeah but you know uh, i don't think you're gonna do that because um and and we need a lot of like mechanics here in this country yeah and this is like the after the first test i mean <laughs> let the kid breathe yeah. yeah and also like not to get out the 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 the, the best potential yeah, yeah of the child so this um and um and this was a white mother so um and then she asked her child okay what do you want me to do shall i say something do you want to say something and he said you can do something i would be happy but this is actually something that is not happening so easily because when you speak out about racism, then the teachers will be very angry and they will start to fight against you. She, as a white uh, parent, yeah, she had like, yeah, she thought, okay, I will talk to them about this problem. Yeah, I will protect my child. But um, what happens when, when black parents or migrant uh, parents um, that are you see that they are not from, like, they don't know the system so well because of the language and stuff. Yeah. They get really discriminated then on top of that. So that, uh, yeah, for example, there was a Muslim African dad coming also because he was Muslim. He, the, he came to school and then the whole school was like, he came here, he was so aggressive and stuff just because he wanted to speak about a racist incident that happened or... Uh, uh, um, uh, African woman that really um, that uh, this was uh, about this this uh, uh, this group that was discriminated yeah and criminalized and and she had to fight so much to make herself be heard and and she was really like in in these uh, um, Sitzungen um, into these these meetings then that they have to talk about the problem. Um, then she was so discriminated. Yeah, you don't understand anything and stuff. And uh, this then our work is to strengthen the parents yeah. um, and also to speak at the one side uh, uh, of the discrimination that happens for for the children. Then it's important also to to make do a counseling with the child directly to understand. Okay, what do you want? Because sometimes it's not so. Sometimes they don't want to get too much attention. It's also very embarrassing, yeah, to 
to to say yeah i was called the n word or i'm treated differently you know people don't that's very embarrassing it's um and and so we always have to speak with the child okay what do you want because you will have to go to school yes, <laughs> next morning mm -hmm. and on the other hand we have to speak uh, about the racism that the parents experience and and how to uh, deal with the situation also to tell them this is not about you this is something that we we i saw like 20 times this year already don't uh, don't let it hurt you um, in your heart yeah this is like how the system works and um And then what we do is like to to prepare meetings with them. Sometimes we appear as organizations so that the school is a bit more careful. Yeah. Um, and but sometimes when we don't want to escalate, because the child still has to to be able to finish this this school year or something, then we stay in the background and then we don't say uh, anything and uh, we just like prepare the parents say okay this is what you can do these are your rights uh, be careful when they t try to tell you this or that you know because sometimes also they make such a problem out of a black child that they say yeah the child is aggressive he he's an integration kid he's uh, um, uh, he has psychological problems and then they try to make him get him treatments go to therapy and things like that but what happened is like He's he's like bullied, yeah, because yeah. the kid is black. And if he's angry against that, it's okay, yeah. And um, so yeah, and so these are the things we see, and also how they really don't protect the children uh, against racism coming from other children. For example, when the N word is called in school, and I think, and this also, I think it's a problem of the adults and not of the children, yeah, yeah, because they have to know. When, when a teacher, when the N-word falls in the classroom, the teacher hears it and asks the child, oh, how do you feel about that? What should the child, only black child in, school, in the classroom say? Yeah, of course, I feel shit. If, if you have like other like uh, racist slurs, we know what to say. It's wrong. And, and the children have to be like, um, uh, remembered that immediately. You don't, let the child uh, alone in this decision yeah and and yeah so there's a really a lot of things to do in school mm -hmm. it's sad how we try to become small mm -hmm. like not visible anymore when yeah. we are really facing the racism mm -hmm. and instead of uh, being able to deal with it we, we cannot express our anger because then we become the black loud people mm -hmm. instead we try to become very small and invisible mm -hmm. and then we internalize it we we, we 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 become very emotional about it that we can't even talk about it mm. and this is something that uh, i have had many people say about it mm -hmm. that i don't want to cause i don't want to cause uh, create attention or to seek or to i just want it to pass you know mm. and the uh, and most people just don't understand the impact of just trying to letting it pass because it's yeah. it will not be the end it's not the first the last so you it's important to talk to our people to help them understand mm. that it's okay to be angry <laughs> and express your anger in the way you want to express it yeah and 
I think it's a bit difficult because because actually when you get angry, you get a lot of problems and black people know that. Yes. And um, so I think the people have to always decide themselves. I also think it's like really, really good to speak up and things, but I can really understand if um, uh, a, a person is doing a formation and they have like racist colleagues like yeah. Ausbildung yeah. and have like racist colleagues but the the person wants to have the diploma yeah. but and he knows if he's going to speak about it he's maybe going to get in trouble i only had like very very little cases in which the um, supervisors were like ah yeah i see that i don't accept racism here and i protect you i will talk to them this happens rarely and people know that because Because what is the normal like reaction? Say, are you sure? Uh, hmm, do you think it's really the problem? You know, they don't believe. Mm. And um, and I saw that with teachers too. You know, a little child tells her aunt uh, how she was bullied, has very clear example, knows who are the children. We go to the school, talk to the class uh, teacher. And he's like... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very stressed already because we speak about racism <laughs> you see like uh, and uh, and then he's like okay okay then he had ideas then we say okay but first we have to talk to her if it's okay for her if we you speak about it in front of the whole class because maybe she won't want that and then he said mm -hmm, okay okay we will do that we will speak to her but what happens if it's not true you know And we were like, why would you think that this child lies about that? This is so, um, such, such, uh, how would we invent something so, so, um, so violent and so hurtful? This is so strange. Yeah, so, but yeah, what I think is like, and, and Eben Lowe um, from, it's also a, a counselor and anti, he's, he's a lot in anti-racism, anti-discrimination, a psychotherapist. Uh, psychologist and uh, he says that we don't have the same um, same opportunity the same right to be angry and that's that's a true fact when black people are not able uh, allowed to be angry because they wouldn't be treated like respectfully they wouldn't be listened anymore or maybe also like then they call the police or something you know so And that's why he says it's important for the white people to speak up and to take their privilege of being angry and fight the system because sometimes in a situation people cannot do it. He said it regarding uh, police um, police controls. Yeah, because what you see often uh, is that when you have like racial profiling and 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 violent behavior towards black people, they s they are there and they just like they keep cool. You know, they don't say anything. Sometimes they say something, but then they get anzeige, yeah. yeah? They get yeah. filed, and, and they can go to court immediately, yeah? But, um, so, I think it's also important to respect when people think strategically. It doesn't mean that that they don't fight, and what I would also say, it's always, it's depending on the area and the case, and uh, sometimes to just let the situation happen, get out of it and then organize <laughs> from from the back you know and yeah. then you will come back you will hear about me yeah but just to think <laughs> yeah. of it no, just think it yeah. yeah wow we've been talking a lot about what institutional racism is and how it, it manifests in the school what can we what can be done about it 
we had our program, I think it was the fourth, with Sanchita Basu from Reach Out about the new anti-discrimination law. If a parent has a child who is experiencing racism from a teacher, for example, just the case that you have uh, explained, how do you think they can potentially use this law? And what are the mechanisms that would be available? And also, how does the state react to instances of racism, racism in the schools? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, so basically the law would help. So uh, it means that you would file this complaint first to the f first um, to this uh, new sender Ombudsstelle. It's called. Um, you would send it there. They would like check that uh, uh, in the beginning, and uh, then maybe you know there it's like a, a two-step um, um, procedure. First, you you file it at the Ombudsstelle, and then if there you cannot like help the case, then you go to court. So this would be the procedure and you have to do it within the uh, next year, let's say. So, um, and of course, this is basically something that is uh, possible, but what we know is that already to say the word racism creates problems and to even go to court, you will really have problems. And and this procedure is so long and the child will always have to go back to school all the time. So it's like it's the same decision like sometimes we appear as organization in, in this in these conflicts. Sometimes we prefer not to because because the child has to, to finish the school. Maybe there is no other school available. So you, we really have to decide from case to case um, uh, because we have to understand that in, in school the, the school cases the children are then alone and they have to go there there's no other choice <laughs> other to say to go to the doctor and get a test to not have to go there and they will be alone with the teachers and always the class and so basically officially it's there the law but like practically is a bit hard um to 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 do that in the cases um but regarding like for example integration sta status or uh nicht deutsche herkunft status like non german uh, background status um this would be for example a possibility to uh to to file that and and to um yeah to do to 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 file a complaint regarding that from uh, an organization because in the law you have the the possibility for organizations to go to court and um, and then and organizations are more powerful so this would be something and then not not regarding a specific case but regarding this procedure here or this uh, regulation is discriminatory in his uh, in its um, results so this has to be abolished so yeah this would be like a different level of of using the law wow so so institutions have to step up and uh, mm -hmm. be ready to to bridge this uh, mm -hmm. in order to protect the children i yeah. think this, yeah. this is what i'm picking from this mm -hmm. yeah wow we will do our last song today. 
-hmm. And this song is Umu Sangare. Mm -hmm. What's the story behind? Yeah, so uh, this is a song by Umu Sangare and uh, Saint Treze. Mm -hmm. Saint Treze is a Parisian hip-hop band, um, like black uh, diasporic uh, hip-hop band, and they made a song together that speaks about decolonization. And what I like about it is that um, so the anti-racism and the life of black people here in the diaspora and on the continent uh, for the decolonization, we have to... Um, Uh, 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 merge these things and also that the anti-black racism to abolish it will depend on the decolonization of the migration laws and of all these institutional problems that we have so yeah it's a song about decolonization I'm really laughing wow that's good Mali En 1960, c'est l'indépendance, fini la colonie Mais ils nous ont pris pour qui L'Afrique aux Africains, laisse-toi aller Comme une balade sur le fleuve Niger En wax en bazin, peuple riche de culture, de tradition Modeste, travailleur, paye l'addition Je viens hisser le drapeau vert, jaune, rouge Pour moins de sang et pour que mon peuple bouge Je suis ni porte-parole ni un exemple Mais j'aime ma terre, donc je milite, je représente Le souvenir de nos absents Le charme de l'accent de nos parents Porte la nouvelle en taxi brousse Dans les maisons, sur les marchés, les pousses pousses On aime les produits locaux, bananas locaux Réunis autour d'un bon riz, on mange avec les mains au riz Comme les griots, transmet le message à l'oral L'enfance repose au soleil sous la barre palable C'est vrai chez moi, y a pas la mer, mais on n'est pas les seuls On reste fiers, on a nos repères sur le sol Le boubou a mis donné avec soin, le pays c'est loin, cousin Les mariages coutumiers, la veille et des décès Je pense à tout ça, maman et la sœur portent le foulard moulé avec art Trop longue a été notre histoire, toutes ces railleries sur le Mali tous ces clichés, ça nous rallie Descendant de Sundiata, ambiance sahélienne, joueur de Cora Tonton d'Africa, demi-finale, 2014, mais ça Oh 
Mamungu, Fatula Malienne, Malienne qui est fin tourinté. Ramamungu, Fada Odaru, Onokutu Abana. That's another good song, very powerful. And um, sadly, we have to come to end of our program because of time, the aspect of time. But it was really wonderful to have you here. We will find ways of continuing this kind of programs and seeing how we create a structure to work around mm. these topics that are affecting all of us. Mm. Thank you so much, Celine, for being here. Thank you so much. We are recording at We Are Born Free Empowerment Radio in Kreuzberg, Berlin. They stream live every Friday and Saturday from 1 to 4 p.m. and on Sundays from 1 to 5 p.m. You can tune in on 88.4 in Berlin and on 90.7 in Potsdam. Thanks for listening and see you next time. IVS Radio. You've been listening to EBS Radio. We are broadcasting from We Are Born Free, Powerman Radio in Berlin. EBS Radio is a podcast series on the migrant women experience brought to you by EBS, the international women's space. We are a feminist, anti-racist group of migrant women, refugee women, and women without this experience. EBS Radio is a continuation of our work documenting the lives and stories of refugee and migrant women living in Germany. Visit our website, iwspace.de, to find out more about our work and subscribe to our newsletter. A complete transcript and a German translation of today's episode will also be available there soon. <laughs>